This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to an- another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys along with us here for our next episode, our liquor episode. And Dad, what are we doing this week for our liquors? Well, we call them summer sippers. Yeah, cool. So he, we're going to do, be doing a couple liquors that we just like to have when it's hot and just easy to sip on. You know, I feel sorry for our uh, our West Coast listeners. You know, they're going through a really, really big heat wave right now. Yeah. And if Marie was still in Seattle, she would have felt it. She probably. About 109 in Seattle. And their average temperature right now is about 70. Right. And, you know, for us in the South, we're like, oh, that's not a big deal. Well, they don't have air conditioning. A lot of them don't have air conditioners oh, yeah. up there. So, but anyway, it's, uh, we're going to have some beverages that if you're, if you're feeling really hot, that can help to just have something to sip on to help cool you off. So, Dad, what are you going to be doing today? I'm doing hazelnut Kahlua. And my snacks are ricotta cheese balls, Kahlua chicken, and apple coffee cake. Ooh, and I slipped in some Kahlua glaze. Okie dokie. And then I'm going to be doing the Lille Rosé. And my little treats are I'm doing a goat cheese and caramelized onion puff pastry. A summer fruit salad with mint. And then I'm going to call this uh, this next thing a caprese-ish little dish. It's got uh, some pancetta, and well, I'll talk about it when I when we actually get into it. But it's kind of a variation of a caprese salad. Yeah. Well, we got some good snacks. Oh, yeah. It's going to be going to be delicious. So we did a, last week was beer week, and Dad, you blinded a beer. What did you say it was? Oh, I said it was an ESB. I was really struggling on it, Josh. I uh, I didn't think it was a porter, and I didn't think it was a stout, even though it had the right color. Yeah. It just didn't have the right mouthfeel. And then I thought, maybe it's a nut brown, but there was no real nuts with it. So, Josh, what was it? Well, when you were tasting, you were like, oh, I've had this beer before. And you were right, you've had the beer before. It was the Einstück Toasted Porter. Oh, yeah. As soon as... uh. As soon as we went off the air and you uh, told me, it's like, you dummy. <laughs> Think about it. If it's dark like that, it's not an ESB. If it quacks like a duck and kind of tastes like a duck, but doesn't quite look like a duck, it's probably still a duck. Right. So. Oh, you got some duck on your mic? No, no duck this week. No duck this week. I kept it kind of light again. I've been in this mode of having some kind of, some lighter style foods now that it's you know hot because you know what down here it's you know we're still in the 80s and 90s but that's that's normal for for us well we're gonna cool off i mean it's uh it's gonna be in the 60s uh i think tomorrow morning all right so it's time to pull out the uh, big stouts and stouts and porters again <laughs> with uh, it yeah. getting cold but all right let's go ahead and jump into it we're gonna start with mine this week uh we're gonna right. start with the lille rosé so a little bit about this. So we, uh, this week we are drinking our liquors out of just standard double old fashioned glasses. Our really pretty ones that my mom got us for Christmas that we're finally putting out. And with this little rosé, we're going to try it uh, two different ways. Uh, we're just going to try it by itself. And then we're going to do a couple other things with it. And I'll tell you why. 
And just remember, uh, my snacks are, I've got a summer fruit salad that's got strawberries, cherries, peaches, and mint in it. A little puff pastry with goat cheese and caramelized onions. And then a, so this caprese salad. Dad, go ahead and start tasting. Um, Was that your order? Sure. Oh, okay. Start with it. Start <laughs> this with it. D- yeah, this doesn't really have an order, but go ahead and just taste the lily while I'm explaining the. Uh, well, I was hunting for dessert. It doesn't look like no you got des- a pastry, but that's not really dessert. There's, no, Gosh, des- there's no dessert on this. I've been sticking away from it for a bit. Okay, so this, Dad, taste the. I want you to taste the lily first. So the the caprese ish thing that I have, I have some pancetta that I rendered out to kind of be a little avenue for it. Then I took some tomatoes and I cooked them down to kind of make a little jam type consistency that's got a little bit of herbs in it and then i have some fresh mozzarella some fresh uh, basil and then a little bit of a little bit of balsamic so it's all kind of stacked so it can kind of be a carrier but the uh the pancetta might be a little thin it might break oh, okay so uh this is so like i said this is a lele this is the rosé from it it is a wine-based aperitif Mm -hmm. Um, so it is actually it's wine-based and then they add some liqueurs to it to kind of fortify it so some people say that this would be a fortified wine but it's not like you would think a port or a sherry Mm -hmm. would be a fortified wine so So i got some bitter taste on the back end on it Mm -hmm. now is that is that supposed to happen? Yes. So with aperitifs, aperitifs are things you drink before your meal. And what it does is it it's something to excite, wake up your palate, kind of get your gi- digestion going. And that's why there's bitterness in it. Oh, okay. So you kind of pull that bitterness to kind of wake up your palate, wake up your system and say, okay, we're going to, we're it's time to get to work now. But this is based on rosé wine from Bordeaux. So oh, Lillet is actually a board it's from the Bordeaux region. Mhm. And it's a beautiful orange color. Yeah, kind of golden orange. Yeah, and I kind of, you know, it also looks a little bit salmony mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. kind of okay. a salmon pink. But so it like I said it's got it's based on some rosé wine and then they add 15% of macerated liqueurs. Mm. So now when we're talking liqueurs, remember we're talking fruit that have been, that's been macerated mm-hmm. and then distilled. Okay. So kind of like Grand Marnier, remember, is a liqueur. Mm-hmm. Now these liqueurs are most that they use here are mostly citrus liqueur and a lot of it is orange, but okay. it is it's more the style of the Caribbean bitter oranges yes so like the the nice green oranges mm-hmm. uh-huh. like some of those green oranges that you find from haiti and then some also some sweet oranges from mm-hmm. like spain and morocco mm-hmm. so yeah let's uh let's go ahead and taste it I, lo- I love this by the way so by the way did you get these uh did you have peaches in here that came from arkansas no well i bought them in an arkansas grocery store that's <laughs> not the same no the <laughs> none of the none of this is locally grown I didn't have time to get out to the farmer's market today. This is re- very refreshing. The strawberries and the peaches and a little bit of that mint. Is there some basil in there, I think? Mm-mm. Just okay, mint. Just mint. Okay. But yeah, that's, yeah, you could sit there and that's all we need, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this salad, it's a fruit salad. Mm-hmm. I had 
peaches, and some white Rainier cherries, and some strawberries mm-hmm. in my fridge. Oh, okay. And so I cut them up, put a little bit of sugar in them to macerate them a little bit, mm-hmm. and then added some just chopped up mint from my herb garden. Mm-hmm. And it just brings a really refreshing, light, easy to eat little dish that's a great appetizer, which I think would go really well. Some of that bright and that bitteriness will go well with the lillet. I might have to try it with my plate because you're right. It, it just kind of gets you going. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, those peaches. They're a little too hard. hard. Yes, they are. They're not juicy. Not well, quite. So here was my quandary. Yeah. So in a post-COVID world or a semi-post-COVID world, how do you pick out a peach without touching and squeezing every single peach? Well, I hate to say that I would stick my nose on it because <laughs> now your now your nose is down there on on the on the tray or the or the whatever they've got the peaches on. So no, you can't do that either. So, right. So I guess you just put three or four in your in your uh, yeah bag and call it good. And I so I realized that these peaches were going to be best like they'd be really good tomorrow, or maybe. Or maybe even Wednesday. <laughs> oh, they're not going to, they don't need a week. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> they don't need a whole week. Um, so what do you think of the pairing with the that herbaceousness? No, and I think that was very the, good. Very good. I was just, I just wish the peaches were ripe because then I think it would just go over the top. It'd be lights out. Yeah. But, you know. Mm. And I just didn't get to the farmer's market. Well, it wasn't your fault. And still, they would be Georgia peaches, I guess. No, our peaches are out. Are they? Mm-hmm. It's finally warmed up enough for them. Okay. Um, so, a little bit more about Lillet. Um, while you're kind of keep going tasting. Like I said, this comes from the Bordeaux region. And you may have actually heard of Lillet before, especially you James Bond fans. Mm-hmm. Lillet is a very important part of a cocktail which is very important to the James Bond culture. You know what you remember what it's called, Dan? No, I don't. You kinda got me stumped again, just like my beer <laughs> It's a Vesper. Oh yeah, okay. So, you know, in a Vesper you have Kina Lele, which is an older version of Lele Blanc, which is kind of the white, which is made mm-hmm. from Simeon grapes. It also had quinine added to it. So the same kind of stuff you find in, you find in tonic. Yeah. It had some of that in there and that's kind of where it comes from. But so it, it's a very interesting history and you would think, well, how back in, you know, the 1800s did this kind of get started with, you know, stuff from Spain and the Mm -hmm. Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Well, the family that started it, Paul and Raymond Lillet, um, they were distillers and wine merchants and they started, you know, their own company in the South of France. They thought about just making them, but their dad, their family was connected to Brazil because of just some of the family history down back in the reign of Louis the 16th. And so they had those connections down there to, with the Caribbean and kind of that, that culture. So they knew some of those Mm -hmm. flavors and they pulled it in and they started just kind of with that white and adding that quinine in because, you know, it was, hel- it was for health purposes. And, you know, back 
back then, you know, wine was considered a a very clean beverage to drink. You know, wasn't you know didn't have a whole lot of bacteria in it when Louis Pasteur started finding all that. Oh yeah, the water they were in the areas were terrible. Right, and so in quinine was thought as a as a health piece. So they took the wine and they added some of that quinine and some of the other liqueurs into it. And that's kind of where they started making that's kind of a kind of a health drink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it toured all around as the empire kind of expanded as a kind of a portable water uh, kind of a drinking beverage. And it's, you know, like I said, it's lovely. Now, the, the rosé uh, started back in the early two th- or mid 2000s. Oh, really? It's you. Yeah. But the other ones have been around for a long time. They have a Blanco, a Blanc version, which mm-hmm. is just a white. Mm-hmm. And they also have a Rouge or a red mm-hmm. version of it. Now, the red is made from Merlot, Merlot wine, and the white's made from Simeon. Oh, okay. So I tried the pastry. Yep. And uh, is that sour cream or what's in there? Goat's cheese. Goat's cheese. Oh, okay. Is there an episode that we don't have goat's cheese? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like. Last week, maybe? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> anyway. No, we do love goat cheese. We and did. it goes really well because it's a great acid. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the acid of the goat cheese and this aperitif, just they kind of marry together. And there's some there's some onions on there, too. Yeah, there's caramelized onions. On yeah. And, of course, the pastry. I mean, you know, what, what could go wrong with that? So, yeah, that's, that's good. Another good pairing. Here we go. Best on plate. <laughs> I've got two choices. I've tried two, and I can't pick yet. <laughs> yeah, so the butteriness and the and the acid of the goat cheese um, kind of take out some of that bitterness that you kind of get to the. And this tastes more. It tastes more orange, orangey, to me. I get a little bit more of that kind of orangey, sour orange kind of flavor, but not bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, more than that kind of that rosé, mm-hmm. rosé kind of flavor. Right. And, you know, this is, you know, this is kind of a play on everything because you've got fat, the fat from the goat cheese, the acid from the goat cheese, the sweetness from the onions, the butteriness from the, from the pastry. The only thing it really doesn't have is spice mm-hmm. or heat to it. Now, after we try this last, our last tasting, we're going to, we're going to try We're going to put this on ice. And add a twist of orange. And kind of the reason that I picked this, and Dad, where you're trying that, I'll tell the story. Okay. I first found Lillet walking into a bar. Just pick it up. <laughs> walking into a bar? Yeah, so I used to work... Hello, Lillet. <laughs> My name is Josh. <laughs> Pretty much how it happened. So I, wa- I, I used to work down t- at a school um, in downtown Little Rock, and... Just, you know, a block away from that school was one of our best bars at the time, the Capital Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, there would be days I would finish work and I would walk over to Capital Bar and Grill and I'd start grading some papers and doing things before I went home. Well, you know, it was an extended school year. So we had, we started in July and we went until June. So... It's hot in Arkansas, and I'm wearing, you know, dress clothes, mm-hmm. nice pants, collared shirt, that kind of jazz. And I, I walk in the bar, 
And the bartender asked me, he goes, well, what do you want? And I go, you know, I am really hot. I would like something that just would just cool me off. Do you have any suggestions? And, right. he, and he turned around and he poured me Lalay on the rocks with a twist of orange. Oh, really? And I was in love with that first sip because, like we talked about, it's bright, it's refreshing, it's cool, it's crisp, it's bitter. It just kind of does everything that you would want a good, your first beverage to do. And that's what I say about Lalay a lot for me is Lalay is a first beverage. Mm-hmm. If I'm coming in from from when it's hot and sweaty, if I'm just walking and I come in and I sit down and I want something cool to drink, I can, I would, I'll order a Lalay on the rocks. Yeah. Okay. And it just kind of gets me down, gets me kind of settled into the bar, cools me off a little bit. And then I'm on mowing aperitif. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Um, it's kind of a lawn mowing cocktail, you know? So it's just kind of by itself and just kind of gets, you, like I said, it just kind of gets me ready for whatever else I'm going to do. So how was the Caprese-ish, Dad? Oh, it's good. You know, there's bacon down there. Okay. Bacon is excellent. Mozzarella cheese balls. And a little bit. Now, now, this is the basil. And that is a great combination to this aperitif. I mean, the, the, the crunchiness of that bacon and then the softness of that mozzarella cheese ball oh yeah i i had a party in my mouth <laughs> yeah really good how'd it go with the lily oh it went well that's what i was saying okay after the first drink and we started tasting that bitterness has either gone away or calmed completely down have you noticed that uh-huh i have you know, it kind of, like I said, it kind of just wakes up your mouth a little bit. And then because you're eating or you're, you know, you're kind of eating and your mouth is used to it, then you just kind of move on. Here's your twist. You're hearing some clinking. Well, we told you what we we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Putting ice in our glasses. And, you know, so I guess you could say this is a, another. Pair. I guess I could edit that out. <laughs> I mean, you could if you wanted to. Why would I do that? This is so good. I mean, I just, I just, this is something that I could. Did you pour yourself a little more? uh, You know, I might have because I was out. (laughs) I did because I was out of it. That's good. All right. But no, this is a great thing. You know, like we said, it's, it's hot. It's something that's cool. And it's a sipper. Like you can drink it quickly because it's not, it's only, you know, it's 17% alcohol. So we're talking like a big old Zinfandel. Ooh, that makes a big difference. Doesn't it? Yeah. But it's less than, you know, it's kind of less than a cocktail would be, more than a beer. Mm-hmm. But that orange just changes it, doesn't it, Dad? Oh, it does. So, now, we just made a drink. We just made a cocktail. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> it depends. Do you call whiskey on the rocks con- a cocktail? Uh, why not? Okay. <laughs> well, you put the twist in there. Well, well we got two things. Okay. <laughs> but that twist, that twist added another dimension, and that's why I was <laughs> making fun of it's now a cocktail. Well, and that's just, it's playing on its natural, on its natural taste. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that orange just, it takes out that bitterness. Like it's there. Right. But it really just kind of transforms it, forms it into a nice, easy sip and drink. So I wonder what would happen if you just added just a touch of Grand Marnier. It would go really sweet. It would. The bittering would be completely gone. Right. But yeah, it, it wouldn't be balanced. Yeah. Now, if I, if I was going to do anything to this to make it like a, a cocktail, I think the only thing that I would do is I would get an orange club soda or an orange LaCroix or, you know, mm. something like that and make a highball. Okay. Okay. Just to add extra liquid and that effervescence, I think would be good. Ooh, I, Josh, smash these up and we can make a smash. You could. And then what I'm saying, these, I'm holding the little fruit cup. Yeah. You could, you could extra macerate the fruit in that, that, you know, I think that would be the beginning of a great sangria. Oh man. Yes, it would. You got any Sonic eyes? I do not have any Sonic eyes. There's Sonic just down the road. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you just get a Sonic ice machine or a crust ice machine. I mean, that's what I would do. You know, if I'm going to be making a, I mean, on their website, is there a cocktail list that they have? It's uh, Lillet and Tonic. Okay. And then uh, I think it was like a laying, let me look really quick. It was like a Lillet and Club Soda. But it's basically saying you drink it by itself or you add tonic. Yeah. Which would be which would be fine. You know, it adds yeah. some of that quinine history to it. You That's can right. use it in like we talked about, a Vesper, which is a style of martini. Mm-hmm. But they don't so now what did you say the alcohol? A B V seventeen. How much? Seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it's a that's why it's a summer zipper. It's just like I said, it's just super easy, super light. So, for the Lillet, like the Lillet Blanc, mm-hmm. they say a Lillet and tonic, mm-hmm. a winter, a Lillet winter verve, which is it's a Lillet and tonic with a cinnamon stick and red currant. Oh, <laughs> and with the rouge. They just say tonic. It's basically tonic and fruit mm-hmm. are kind of what they do with it. And it's just kind of floated. It's not really like macerated or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But so this is something that I was so not meant to be a cocktail. Exactly. It is. It's, it's not to be a sipper. It's meant to be kind of by itself. Mm-hmm. Now it is in, I don't think the rosé is in any cocktails, but. I could see it being substituted or kind of in with a mm-hmm. in an Aperol spritz. Mm-hmm. If you don't like how bitter Aperol or Campari right. are, you could substitute some of that with some of the Lillet Rosé or even the Rouge or the mm-hmm. Blanc. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, to me, this is one of those things that I don't think it really requires anything. Right. Like only if you want to, you know, increase the volume of it. Right. To make it a little less alcoholic for a drink. Right. But by itself, just on the couple rocks, I, to me, you can't go wrong. So that bartender at, at the Capitol Hotel, yes. is that all he did? Just put some on ice for you? Yep. 
With a twist of orange. With a twist of orange. Okay, exactly what we just did. I've had the Lillet Blanc uh, with a twist of lime, and it tastes really good. Hmm. I've never actually done the Rouge by itself. Hmm. I've only done the Blanc and the Rosé. Okay, all right. But, you know, it's it, it's a lovely beverage, and I think it's one of those ones that not a lot of people know about. No. And it can get kind of overlooked. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really perfect for exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Something you can easily sip when it's hot. You can sip this when it's cold. Right. But I think it's best, like, it's best just as a, a warm, warm day, easy sipping. Mm-hmm. Take your time at the, be- the beach, the lake, yeah. whatever. I mean, I could drink this whole bottle. <laughs> I mean, I really could. And it's it's fairly priced. It's in the 20s. Yeah. It's in the 20s on the bottle. All right. Um, and to me, it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say it is a bar staple. I don't think it's something you have to have in your bar. But if you enjoy rosé wine, if you enjoy white wine, like really dry white wine, really dry rosés, right. this is something that you can have. That is just easy to sip on, and you don't have to crack a so bottle. I think, I think if you had it and you were having a dinner party, I think you could really impress your friends by serving it as your appetit with maybe this fruit salad mm-hmm. to kind of get things going. Yeah. They'd go, oh, man, uh, what's next? <laughs> or even these, even this puff pastry and the caramelized onions. Like, it's really simple. The hardest thing about making this was caramelizing the onions mm-hmm. because the puff pastry cut into squares, right? Cook it, right? I cut out the I cut out a little square in the center. Goat cheese, or I put in caramelized onion, goat cheese, a little bit of caramelized onion on top. Right. You could put in a little bit of thyme, sprinkle. You could put some honey on it if you have right. like a, if you want it spicy. Mm-hmm. If you have a chili honey. Oh yeah. Or a hot a spicy honey. Put a little spicy honey on top, and you'd be good to go. Yeah. Excellent, John. Good. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I know you were kind of, when I kind of mentioned it at the beginning, you were like, what is this? I'm not sure. I wasn't. But what do you think? Well, when I had the, when I had that bittering on the back end, I'm going, no, wait a minute. (laughs) Slow down here. (laughs) But like I said, it, with these different, with these different choices of food, snacks, the bittering went away. I'm sure it's still there. We just don't notice it because we got the goat cheese that's playing on it. Right. Or and we I'm, got the mozzarella and basil playing on it. And after that first sip, it kind of just presents as a sour mm-hmm. rather than a bitter. Right. Very good. Well, you have any other questions about mine? Or? I don't know. Do you have any more info on it? Uh, no, I think it's just, it's great. And you said the price point's about 20? It's in the 20s. Yeah. You know. I don't think I would. I don't think you find it over thirty unless oh, you just okay. have really, really high taxes. All right, but it's it's like I think it's twenty five, right? Twenty five here in Arkansas, so right. it's probably not going to be much more anywhere else you go. Okay, well, let's move over. All right, so remind us what you're doing and what are your what are your treats? So my summer slipper is hazelnut Kahlua. Now I'm not real sure if that's the only flavor i'm sure there's others yes 
Do you know the others? I, I don't know the others, but I, I really didn't are. research that. I know there are others. I really like hazelnuts. That's kind of why I picked it. And then the, my snacks, and I think this would be the order, is the ricotta cheese balls, then the Kahlua chicken, and then the apple coffee cake. All right, cool. Well, I'll go ahead and get started on tasting the Kahlua by itself. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I like Kahlua. You know, it can be a sipper. You can put ice on it. You can drink it straight. That's what we're doing today. It makes lots of good cocktails, and I'll talk about that a little later. But it may be a staple in somebody's bar because if you like something in your coffee, yep, and you may not want the Baileys or you wanted something other than the Baileys, which is the Irish cream, Kahlua is a great addition. And the reason is that Kahlua is a coffee, rum, liqueur, and that's why it goes so well in your coffee. You know, the story goes that there were a couple guys in 1936 in Veracruz, Mexico. Surprise, surprise, it's Mexico. (laughs) And they kind of got together and they I don't know, they might have been drinking or something, but they got to thinking, you know, there's something that's needed around here. And so they came up with Kahlua. Of course, on the I think on the back of the label, it talks about your Kahlua coffee because it is a coffee liqueur. Yep. But there are a lot of other drinks that can go with it. So for those of, for those of our listeners who are big, uh, big Lebowski fans, the dude loves Kahlua does he well yeah because you remember have you seen the big Lebowski recently what's his drink what's the dude's drink oh is it a black Russian it's not a black Russian a white Russian it's a white Russian yeah I know it's a Russian yeah and the white Russian uses well they both do right you can make you can make them eat right but the 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 dude likes it because he drinks white Russians and Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, this, oh, that's the other recipe that's on the back of the label is for a Kahlua hazelnut white Russian. Yeah. So in some bowling alley somewhere, there's a, there's a guy wearing, wearing a robe who's got a white Russian in his hand and he's drinking Kahlua. Okay. So this drink is, would you say it's black or would you just say it? It looks like black coffee. Yeah, it does. It looks like a strong cup of cold brew coffee. Right. And. So, and then you, you just smell it. What do you, it's I just, mean, you, all, you smell, the nose is unmistakable. Yeah. You smell coffee. You smell the and hazelnut. You, and you smell hazelnut in this. So, you know, if I was blinding this on the nose, it would be a little bit difficult because frang, it also kind of smells like frangelico. Oh, okay. Yeah. It had, cause frangelico, you know, is a hazelnut liqueur mm-hmm. as well. So it has that kind of smell to it as well. But once you taste it, it's unmistakable because it's got that rich coffee. It almost feels like there's coffee grinds on your tongue with as much coffee in it. It's right. sweet. Right. Has that nuttiness. Oh, I just thought something that would be really good with this. What? Nutella creme brulee. Or um, banana Nutella crepes. Because Nutella, you know, is chocolate hazelnut. Yeah. And I think that would, I think that would go really well. Right. Well, you were talking about the Russians, the Russian drinks, the black Russian and the white Russian. 
Well, the Black Russian was in, invented in Brussels. Okay. And then I think it was eight years later, the White Russian was invented in the United States. So and remi- that's once Kahlua came. Remind everybody what's the difference between a Black Russian and a White Russian. Well, I think the White Russian, I, I'd have to look this up, but the White Russian, my recollection is, it uses milk. Correct. Yeah. And I think the Black Russian, does it use coffee? I'd have to look it up, Josh. So it was seven years later that California, in California, they invented the White Russian. So the Black Russian is just vodka and vodka and Kahlua. Oh, okay. And the White Russian adds the, cr- it's cream or milk. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, you caught me off guard on my, Sorry, I, my I, research. I thought that's I thought, okay. I thought you were looking no, at I'm it. No, I'm looking at it, but it's just like, oh. So I think those are really two good drinks that you don't think of very often. The other thing, do you know what a B-52 is? There's a shot in it. It's it's an actual drink, too. The, the uh, Black Russian and the White Russian is also kind of a recipe for the B-52. I'm gonna, I should, shouldn't even bring it up if I don't know what it is, but I've, I know I've heard of that drink. Okay. It's, um, I think it's Kahlua, uh, Irish Cream, and Grand Marnier. Right. And it is, it's most well known as your shot. Yeah. Okay. I've had it as a shot. But I, it, it's also a real drink. <laughs> when when have you had it as a shot? Oh, back in those days, Josh. <laughs> back in those days when I think we had an episode where I told you about different shots and <laughs> the snowshoe and all that other stuff. But Oh, yeah, because yeah. we were talking about the kamikaze. Yeah. Mind of the cocktail. But what I recall is when we go to... Our time, we have a timeshare in Cabo San Lucas. And when we go to Cabo San Lucas, a lot of people be walking around with a mudslide. Oh, yeah. And that's another Kahlua cocktail. And then there's another one, and I'd have to look for it. Well, anyway. Well, so I've got a story about so mudslides. There's, there, there's lots of, there's lots of cocktails here that you could make with the Kahlua. That's why it's. That's why everybody likes it. So I've got a story about mudslides. Uh-oh. Um, go ahead and start tasting the okay. the ricotta ball while I, while I tell the story. So, you know, I you know, I, I didn't start drinking until, really start drinking until after college. Um, a friend of mine, Dave, who's a, who's a listener, he had an apartment here in Little Rock. And my friend Drew and I would go over to his house and we would, we would you know, try different cocktails and... That type of thing. Well, so this was back when I was first starting drinking. I love sweet things. We've talked about I have a huge sweet tooth. And so I would make mudslides. Mm-hmm. But the way I made a mudslide was I got a pint of cookies and cream ice cream. I would, And then I would use Kahlua and Godiva chocolate liqueur. Mm. I think, you know, probably two, no. Probably four ounces of each. Mm-hmm. Put it in the blender with the ice cream, blend it up, pour it into <laughs> pour it into a martini glass, and there would be the mudslide. 
<laughs> I might have added Bailey's at some. I might have Bailey's or yeah. Um, typically, it has Bailey's. In it. I might have done Bailey's instead of Kahlua or or uh, chocolate liqueur, or I might have done both. Yeah, but it was you know <laughs> it's basically a boozy milkshake. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what a mudslide is. <laughs> and see, but they usually don't have ice cream. In uh, and I and I think the reason you, we see it in Cabo San Lucas. And if you don't know, that's on the very tip of the Baja Peninsula, California, Mexico. And so it's hot. It can be, it's a, it's a dry heat though, because the humidity is typically about 20% because it's desert, semi-arid desert. It's still hot. Well, it's still hot, but mudslide, which is the ice cream, Kahlua, Bailey's drink, probably very refreshing. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a milkshake. But I think you can get a brain freeze, and you can probably get drunk pretty quick with them. <laughs> uh, it depends on your ratios at that point. Did you try the the cheese ball? Yeah, so I did. You know, to me, the ricotta gets a little lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ricotta is a pretty, it's a, not a bland flavor, but it's a very kind of, mm-hmm. um, it's an easy flavor to overlook. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sweetness of the Kahlua goes well with a fritter, mm-hmm. a fried, a fried kind of dish. I'm just not sure. I think, I think would have been, what could have been really good with this is if you made kind of a ricotta coffee cake fritter. We got coffee cake. Oh, I know. I know. But what I'm saying is turn it, turn it to like a sweet to where it's got like cinnamon and like well, for the list, for it. the listener's sake, when we were kind of preparing, I said to Josh, I said, "This recipe I used on the fritters, it seemed like it had too much of the breadcrumbs." Because what it said was, "Get your ricotta cheese," and it comes in about a sixteen-ounce little tub, and it said use two cups of breadcrumbs. I only used one cup. Because I, I was planning to only make half the recipe, so I had one cup of, of uh, the breadcrumbs, and then I thought, oh, what the heck? I put the rest of the cheese in, and then you, you do this, you do this three part dredge thing and add breadcrumbs on the outside at the end, so you end up with a lot of breadcrumbs. So, in retrospect, next time, if there is one, I'll cut the breadcrumbs way down because I think the, they thought. So ricotta cheese can be very wet because mm-hmm. it's a milk cheese. And so it's very soft. And I think the recipe was thinking you need to put a lot of bread comes in there to hold it together. Right. And so, because I did fry these. There isn't, you know, you can do it in the oven. But it, you know, you know grease is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I agree with you. Seemed like the cheese got lost. But it does go well. Yeah. Now, the chicken. The chicken's got a really good flavor. And it goes well. Because you put Kahlua as part of the marinade for the chicken, right? That's correct. The only thing that I'm having a little bit of trouble with is the sweetness of mm-hmm. the liqueur. So, I actually just dropped a couple ice cubes in it. Because I think that dilution is going to help. Because mm-hmm. it's to me, it's a little. The flavors work well. It's just mm-hmm. a little weird having a 
kind of a syrupy style drink with chicken. But the flavors, the flavors work really well together, in my opinion. Yeah, I um, I had Kahlua, red wine, vinegar, soy sauce, uh, corn chart, starch, a little bit to kind of help it thicken, and then some ginger, and you put that in the pan and heat it up until it thickens up, and then you you put your chicken inside a bag with that mixture. Mm-hmm. You know what would go well with this? <laughs> or Marty's chicken. Oh, yeah. Marty's chicken would be really good. So Marty's chicken is a, it's a chicken recipe from a friend of my parents from Colorado. Her name was Marty. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a teriyaki, kind of South Pacific style chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you like bake in the, you marinate, you bake it in the oven in the marinade. Let it sit overnight, mm-hmm. cool in the fridge, and then you just grill it to heat it up. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that would go really well because it's got a little bit of that extra sweetness and kind of more of it. It's it's almost like a faux teriyaki. That's right, kind of what is. it reminds me of because it's got ginger, soy sauce, pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. That would have been us. You know what else? Choice. Woody's chicken. Same thing. Yeah. He's a, a Hawaiian man that we knew next door to us in uh, Lenexa, Kansas. He made great food. Great food. He actually um, bottled his sauce for a while, didn't he? Or they st- do they still? No, they still they don't do it now. Yeah. It's just too much trouble. But it was really good. He bottled it for a while. This is sad. This makes me think the sad story. Uh, Woody was a big Hawaiian man, and we bought we bought this big wooden gym set. It was down the street. <laughs> big jungle gym. And we got the guy that sold it to us had a flatbed and we got it up on the flatbed. I don't know how we did it. And then we get it over to our house and we had to take part of the fence down. And that was just me and Woody. And He's the strongest man I've ever known. I mean, he just lifted that gym set up like it was nothing. And I'm bar- barely carrying my one-third or one-quarter, and he's got the rest of it. But the sad story is men rarely get breast cancer, but he got breast cancer. Yep. Died. But, yeah, we we uh, think of him often. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think his chicken would be fantastic. Yeah. It was a. Oh, can you get drunk with Kahlua? <laughs> yes. I don't know why this is always on the internet. Can you get drunk with those? <laughs> yes. It's 20% alcohol. Really? That's it? Yeah, that's what the bottle says. I just thought it'd be more. You know, it, it seems like it would be. But you're right. You know, 40 proof, 20% alcohol. Yeah, there's the white Russian right on the recipe on the back. And the coffee. I just don't think of the Kahlua in my coffee. I'm going to start doing that every day now. <laughs> yeah. Now, I so I am enjoying this a lot more now that I got some ice on it. Yeah. The dilution really helps. And then just with it being cool, you know, with it being cold, it really, really helps. But it's great. Like I said, the flavors work really well with the chicken. The only thing that I was having a hard time reconciling was the the actual like sweetness 
drink, having something really sweet mm-hmm. with chicken. Right, right. Same thing. So I have on the table here, and I don't think you took a picture of it. I did not. And it's hardly, it's hardly been opened. It's called Call an Ass Kahlua. <laughs> so we have some friends named Hall and Ass. That was not their name, but they made their own Kahlua. So you can DYI and make your own Kahlua. Four cups of water, one cup of instant coffee, two cups of light brown sugar, two cups lightly uh, packed brown sugar, a 750 milliliter of rum or Everclear. I think that's what they used. And then two teaspoons of vanilla extract and vanilla bean. So if you want to make it yourself, <laughs> knock yourself out. Yeah. So Kahlua is a it's a macerated liqueur because uh-huh. they macerate. And that most of the time, I think when they actually make Kahlua, they use either whole beans or like really coarsely ground coffee. Right. Well, this they says, soak. They this soak. This has Folger, Folgers crystals. Well, I mean, you you may not want to use your really expensive coffee if you're going to make no if you're going to make your own Kahlua, but you do want to get something that does taste you know, good and not that's overly burned or anything because all those flavors will come out more in, in the beverage that you're macerating it in. And like you said, you can use rum and you can use Everclear and you could use, you know, anything like that. I, I would be careful with adding that brown sugar to, well, they, they used Everclear in the recipe, right? These people? Yeah. No, the one, the one that you read, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you would want to add some kind of extra sugariness to it, but with rum, I'd be a little bit careful no, about adding. I, I think with rum, you wouldn't do that. And they've won an awards, yep. you know, the twenty twenty sip award. <laughs> you know, so it it's a sipper. Now, whether you you think it's a summer sipper or not, it is sweet. It is heavy, but like you said, putting the ice on it probably helped it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in Little Rock, or you can easily get to Little Rock, our local distillery, Diamond Bear, or not Diamond Bear, Rocktown, makes a killer coffee liqueur. Oh, okay. It's really, really good. And they use the rum that they make mm-hmm. to... Steve, but they use like a local, they use some, a local roaster. Mm-hmm. They use their coffee beans and it is so good. It's very, it's very, very delicious. And, you know, like you said, it's an easy sipper. So where did they get the rum you said? They make it. They make oh. rum. I didn't know that. Yep. They, ha- they distill a sugar cane. Cause you know, they, they get some sugar cane from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. But yeah, it's it's very, very good. Now, theirs might be a coffee cream liqueur. Yeah. So they might have they might add, you know, cream, kind of like a an Irish cream would. But it is very, very delicious. Now the coffee cake, that's that's amazing. <laughs> so what I did was I thought I you know, coffee 
liqueur, Kahlua, hazelnut. Oh, need a coffee cake. So I went out there and I found a recipe and it's like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. It's like, okay, I'm going to Kroger's. <laughs> so I went over to Kroger's and I found an apple coffee cake. So then I went back to the recipe that I found that I was thinking about doing, but it was too much work. And then I found the Kahlua glaze, which was basically a quarter cup of, well, not basically, it was a quarter cup of Kahlua and two thirds cup of powdered sugar. <laughs> so sweet on sweet. Yeah. And then poured that over this apple coffee cake. I mean, it, it's, it's lights out. Like everything, everything works. You know, the, 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 that extra like enriched doughiness of the, of the cake, the apple. I mean, it's, that's, and I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. That's best on plate. Yep. <laughs> you're done. Huh? <laughs> that is, that is best on plate in my opinion. Well, here's you. what I'm thinking. I'm going to hide it. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to bring it out. And when she needs a little extra coffee, <laughs> I'm put a little clue in her coffee and bring out some of that <laughs> coffee cake and see what happens. <laughs> and she'll be like, whoa. All right. Well, to, so you already did best on plate. For me, that that is 100% best on plate. I mm. mean, that, that just, everything about that works. I would say best on my plate. Yes. That's the same. I'd have to pick the same. Chicken was really good. Yeah. But it's like you said, there were other alternatives that would have been as good, if not better. Right. And for me, it was just a mental block of something that syrupy sweet and yeah, a main protein. Coffee cake. Well, I'm saying sweet sweet tooth was resolved with that <laughs> with that coffee I mean, I've cake. Had two, I've had two almost vegetarian weeks. So, all right. So, uh, I think best on your plate, I'm gonna go with pastry because the pastry had so many different flavors. Yeah, you know, it ha- it had the goat cheese, it had the caramelized onions, it had the pastry itself. You know, the little bread part, but that went so well. And, and just complimented and added to the complexity of your drink. What did you have best on your plate? For me, it was the, it was the Caprese-ish. Yeah? Yeah. That was good, too. The textures. Definitely the, a, a close second. Yeah, because you had all the different textures like you talked about. And I just think everything kind of went well with... With the Lillet itself. Mm-hmm. And it lended something a little bit heavier to it and showed that it could stand up to it. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, the I mean the pastry and the, and the fruit salad were lights out too. Well, there's nothing wrong with the fruit salad except, except those pastries were so hard. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'll have to, you know, I'll have to leave it macerating and it'll be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I, I think we're ready to head to the blind now. All right. Right, so it's time to do the blind. I'm going to just, you know, I've done a lot with that tasting grid. I've kind of got it memorized, so I'm just going to kind of go off my head of of figuring out this liqueur. So, 
This is a dark liquor. What it, kind of glass you got? I'm tasting this out of the Glencairn glass, so then the more Kirby uh, kind of whiskey glass. It's dark. It looks kind of thick when we're looking at the kind of the viscosity of it. Lots of nice legs. Um, and oh, jeez. Okay, so <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I know. I know what this is, but I'm gonna go through it anyway. It That's smells. Like me saying, oh, I've tasted this one before. Yeah. But if this isn't what I'm thinking it is, I need to go. I need to go start everything over. Okay. It smells like raspberries. It smells like macerated raspberries and blackberries. It has that kind of brambly, um, brambly smell when it comes to the smell of it. it. I mean, it 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 smells. The smell immediately reminds me of like crunching through blackberry seeds. Um, it has that kind of still that that. Raspberry. Ooh, I just got a scratch in my arm. From what you scratch? From from the bramble. From the brambles. From of the, the raspberries. From the brambles. It has that. It's you know. It also has like a. It's like an earthy tobacco, like a really earthy tobacco smell to it, which I'm finding fascinating. You get any color or coffee? No, there's no coffee in this. But it's the same color. Right? Mm-hmm. Pretty close to the same color. Oh, yeah. It has that nice rich stewed jam, raspberry flavor, really thick. I'm still getting a, like a tobacco, like a pipe tobacco kind of note to it, which is fascinating to me. I've actually never had this liqueur straight. Mm-hmm. Smelled it, and I've used it in cocktails. Um, How do you it, know it's a liqueur? Because uh, it's sweet. It it has that feeling. It has feel that mouthfeel. Yeah, that extra sweet, that viscosity that a liqueur um, would have over like a standard distilled, standard distilled beverage, which is an interesting. And I smell alcohol. Ooh. Ah, yeah. But behind it, it's like pipe tobacco. It reminds me of walking into pipe and tobacco here in Little Rock. Mm. Man, if they had a pipe tobacco like this, I would smoke it all day long. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um. A little bit of medicinalness to it, uh, just because it kind of reminds me of some kids' medicines that I've had before. Uh, Big form of 44. <laughs> it is not menthol. <laughs> it does not remind me of Vicks. Uh, but this is Chambord. I have a feeling that this is this is a raspberry liqueur called Chambord. That was three minutes, Josh. I mean, you, when you know, you know. And it's um, it just has that, has those flavors. It it's not a kir, it's or a kirsch. Um, it's not cherry. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely raspberry, blackberry, mm-hmm. and this would make a fantastic kir royal or like a chambord. That's it's delicious. So is that a James Bond drink? No, it's a classic champagne drink. Yeah. So I think this is chambord. Okay. Uh, raspberry liqueur. So yeah, that's it. All right, that's it. Well, we've come to the time where we got to talk about next week. So, Dad, what are, what are we going to do next week? Well, you know, I think we're going to pause the clock. Time out. Yeah. What's because that? Because we are coming up on one year. Oh of my Acquired tasting podcast. Wow. <laughs> Could you believe it? That's that's hard to believe. It's been a year already. Oh man, we're coming up on it. Yeah. So. I so, think we need to celebrate with champagne. You know what? 
I will never say no to celebrating and never say no to champagne. I could just say a little sparkling wine, you'd be in. <laughs> yeah, any, any, anything like that. But champagne, you know, I think that's going to be great. And what are you going to be doing as your champagne, Dad? Well, I finally, I think I looked for this before. I've found some Monet Chandon Nectar Imperial Rosé. And that's what I'm doing. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I'm going to be doing the Henri Guterby. I think it's Guterby Special Club Grand Cru Champagne from 2006. So I'm going to go ahead and do a Special Club Vintage uh, from Henri Guterby. I think it's how you pronounce it. Is that French, right? Well, it's dad. Mm -hmm. It's champagne. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be French. it's got to be French. <laughs> yeah. So Henri, uh, so I'm I'm very excited about doing the champagne. Um, I found it a while back, and I've been been looking for a reason to pick up a bottle. And I think this is going to be a great this is going to be a great excuse to do it. You know, it's hard. It's kind of hard to believe it's been a year already. Oh yeah, it's hard to believe it. And you know, in we some can, ways it went fast, and in COVID ways it went very slow. <laughs> <laughs> very true. I mean, for the you know the world traveler over there, you know, everything kind of came to a standstill. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it's going to be a good time. We'll kind of recap what we liked, and yeah. so maybe uh, episode, and maybe for food, we'll just do some kind of big board and just kind of snack, we could do that, yeah. snack and talk about it. So, well, I'm I'm really excited. This was a Hey, this was a fun episode, and I'm looking forward to next week, what's going to be our our year celebration with some champagne. Oh, that's right. All right, Josh. Well, once again, we thank you guys. We thank you guys for being here. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't really be doing this. It would just be us, you know, sitting, drinking, talking to the air. We really appreciate you guys coming along on this journey with us. Remember, if you have not, give us a like and star. If you feel like we're worth it on your favorite podcast platform, give us a follow on Instagram. Facebook or Twitter. We are most active on Instagram, which I'll be getting back into the routine of being better with that because you guys deserve better than what I've been doing before. And, you know, we just, we really appreciate you. Drop us a line, uh, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to, we'd love to chat with you guys. Yeah, and give us your thoughts. Yeah. Give us some ideas. Oh yeah. We, we, you know, it's always great to have episode ideas coming in. And once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.